Wait, you haven't seen that? Hello and welcome back to another edition of Past Potential Picks. That's right, two weeks in a row, folks. We're getting uh, we're getting bold here. Well, this week we were celebrating Mel Brooks and his amazing films and his brand of comedy, and we decided to take a look back at his original film that, uh, for a lot of people, is just one of the best comedy concepts of all time, and it's had a huge influence. That would move on to a stage musical that has been uh, very popular and the the most Tony-winning award musical of all time, 12 Tony Awards, which then got its own musical movie as well. So today we're discussing the original 1967 satirical Black comedy film, The Producers, which was, of course, written and directed by Mel Brooks, his first full-length original film. So, Taylor, what is a brief synopsis for those who have never seen The Producers, and then we'll get into our review. Absolutely. Film is about a theater producer and his accountant, a reluctant accountant, who as part of a scam have to stage uh, this war stage musical so that they, because uh, they realize that they would make more money on a flop than an actual hit that they can create. And they find one centering around Hitler and the Nazi party <laughs> and because, and uh, uh, chaos ensues and uh, the, um, <laughs> the hilarity and, of everything uh, kind of backfires at them. So uh, I was really excited about this one because Chris, you have actually seen this this iteration, uh, both this one and you've seen the musical one, have you? A little bit. I don't I don't remember ever seeing the full film of this. I remember seeing select scenes. I I know, I know the musical very well. I've been in the musical, and you know we talked more about that in the full episode this week, but. I was excited to go back and see the original because there are some people that really do hold this in such high esteem and, you know, a dream team of Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder. So uh, I was excited to get back into it. But as a, as a novice, first time here, you know, you're, you're familiar with the musical material. But what was it like to get this, especially this is such a uh, 60s movie. And even a lot of the editing, like the whole beginning, the way the movie started, it just started with a scene. I've never seen this before. Uh, you know, we're so used to <laughs> we're so used to movies where like, you know, you get the the credits of the whatever the company is and the movement. It just was Zero Mostel starting. And then all of a sudden, and then it was like, uh, and it was like a Mel Brooks production. I was like, what is this? Like, it was so 60s. Yeah, it was very kind of weird. And again, coming from my first uh happened to this was the the later remake of the all, all musical so it was kind of like different to kind of adjust to that like where's the where's the next number you know i was really excited about that but it definitely um i think in terms of like the humor and stuff i was surprised i was pleasantly surprised that i i found it very entertaining uh throughout the time and again for me to uh uh, we had talked not too long ago about our love of Gene Wilder. And I think this was just, this was a really great role for Gene Wilder. And we've seen such a variety of his, and it's a little bit more of kind of a, a subdued performance and a little bit of, which I really liked um, the characterization and everything. And just seeing the original take of a lot of these characters that had been 
you know, adapted. Obviously, we've seen stage and movies. There's been so many different people have taken these roles on to see the OG. Uh, it was really great to see kind of how the um, how's it inspired over the years. But I, I really fell in love with this a lot. And I was like, definitely probably one I would go back and revisit. Um, and you're absolutely right. The highlight of this, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder's, uh, you know, Max and Leo, their uh, play off each other. It was just 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 pure comedy gold. And this kind of goes to some of the best duos of on screen. Yeah. Zero Mostel, who, although I haven't seen a ton of him in film, I'm, of course, familiar with him. Uh, he was a huge Broadway sensation. Um, he was original Tevia in Fiddler on the Roof, and he did um, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And so this was a perfect cast for him to, you know, play Max Bialystok. And he truly is like a rhino in a China shop. I mean, like he is very, very bold, very fast. And just I love how crude he is. And he's such a like a firecracker, just like bam, bam, bam. And then to have the mix with gene wilder playing leo although yes he gets those rants moments where he starts to panic um and we see that it really is a subdued performance and i think that was something that was really needed was uh you know when you're doing a, a, a movie that has a lot to do about broadway and broadway characters it's so easy to kind of feel over the top and mel brooks has a lot of films where that's that's his style is you know sometimes it's punchline to the camera and this film, I think, was a great mix to have a couple of characters that are a little more subdued, a little more, you know, and then you have these over the top uh, moments as well. Um, I have to give a couple of shout outs to other um, actors in the film. Uh, Estelle Winwood, who played Hold Me, Touch Me. She's the first old lady that, uh, of course, Max Bialis talked, you know, the way he uh, secures money yeah. um, is he takes out old women all across New York. Uh, on dates and does things with them to get money. Still, Winwood instantly uh, recognizable to me because just a few months ago, uh, back in St. Patrick's Day, uh, when we we're talking about movies and stuff, she is a big part of Darby O'Gill and the Little People that we uh, talked about. And I instantly was like, "Oh my gosh!" I instantly recognized her face. Um, Christopher Hewitt here is Roger Debris is uh, fantastic, uh, along with Andreas Vutsinas. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Uh, it was Carmen Gia. And, you know, that is a pair that, um, although they didn't get to do as much in this film as they do in the musical, uh, I think the film really takes a, a notch up in energy and style when they get to Roger Debris' flat. And, I mean, Carmen Gia, this actor has this really funny, almost genie-like um <laughs> facial hair it has like a point to the beard and of course all the makeup like the bearded lady kind of just a very over the top <laughs> and then kenneth mars as franz liebkin who you know this is the first being this is the first mel brooks film something that we would see uh definitely used many many times is his uh reuse of actors and actresses and kenneth mars has gone on to do other films with mel brooks most notably young frankenstein as the constable um but it's fun to see him in this younger role um, as Franz Liebkin. 
who the German who wrote Springtime for Hitler and of course keeps denying that he was in the Nazi party and has his pigeons and it's just over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, I was excited about Kenneth Mars because I mean, you and I both growing up, I mean, for those listening to this, you know, the younger generation will know him as, you know Malcolm in the middle. Malcolm in the middle. And of course, uh he was the voice of King Triton, Ariel's father and Little Mermaid. That's right. Uh, and he's done had done until his um unfortunate passing um, several years back, he had done a lot of voiceover work for a lot of animated properties. He just had that very distinctive voice, but this character, just so great and so over the top. I just really, really enjoyed this version the OG. Now, the only thing I have to bring up that I actually found uh, not to my liking, and I get why it was made uh, for this time, especially the 60s. This is the era where we're getting to the, the hippie era. Drugs are becoming a big thing. We're going to be moving into the the Vietnam War uh, and, you know, obviously protesting against that. There's the character of Lorenzo St. Dubois, known as LSD, uh, played by Dick Sean. Now, I think Dick did a great job of this role, what he, the material is given. But this is the man that is uh, cast as Hitler. There's, of course, the very hilarious scene where there's all these guys auditioning for the role of Adolf Hitler because, of course, it's a Broadway production and actors are hungry and they want work. So everyone comes out and they all have these fake Hitler mustaches on and a couple of people audition and it's just hilarious. And then he comes out and he does this very groovy hippie audition and he has backup singers and they're like, that's our Hitler. And so that is, of course, the saving grace of the show is that they think, oh, by casting, getting the worst play, the worst director, the you know worst actors, there's no way we can't, you know, we can't fail. Of course, the saving grace is having this really bad actor who people then find Hitler hilarious. And that's why the show becomes a success. I thought the LSD character in this does not work as well as what eventually was changed for the musical, which is Roger Debris, the very over the top flamboyant director, taking on the role of Hitler and making Hitler a very gay character. Um, I think that was a better plot point and gives that character more to do. And so I think that was a smart choice that wasn't going to work so well to a musical. But for the time era, I can see why they had a character like LSD. What I, well, and then just the name itself, just uh, alluding to that time period. So again, yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a blatant uh, take, but I think I'd have to go back and, and watch the original. And, and it's kind of inspired me that like I hope to one day uh, see the producers on stage just to just to get that energy and again something different and and little fun fact folks uh, talking about uh, Chris and I's friendship I got to my first experience with him was seeing him perform uh, so a number from the producers on the cruise ship days so it was That's really cool right. I'm like one day you and I will be on stage doing these characters yeah I got to uh, on a cruise ship do a number as Max Bialystok and then my next contract, I did Leo. And then uh, actually between both cruise contracts, I actually did a production of the producers. So uh, if you want to hear more about that, I'm, I'm sure you listened to our full episode this week. But I just want to finish off here with saying, I think something that is really uh, definite about this film is it shows just how smart and brilliant Mel Brooks is, that this is his first at bat. Um, you know, he'd done TV shows and he had, you know, done other things. And of course, his comedy albums. But this was his first 
um, you know, written and directed movie and just some of the dialogue in this is so witty and funny and his kind of style of having those moments where a character says a line and the, the other actor just kind of responds in the weirdest way or like, you know, Gene Wilder having these moments where Zero Mostel is going off these huge rants and stuff and just him reacting. You could tell that he was going to have a great career, that there was like a lot that this man was able to contribute to comedy. So um, I think, yeah, it's a it's a fun movie and it's short. It's only like 90 minutes. So um, I think for for the musical theater genre and Broadway as a whole, I think that was his take. You know, as we talked about in the episode, um, a lot of his films are parodies of different styles of movies. So I think this was his kind of overall take at the at the Broadway, you know, poking fun of, at Broadway. And of course, how funny to have a movie about producers, you know, most films are about the actors or director. It's rare you see movies actually go after the producers themselves, which are technically the sharks because they're the ones trying to get all the money. So uh, just fun to relive this. And again, yeah, Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder really, really carry this film. Absolutely. So definitely worth uh, checking out if you want to go back and uh, revisit an untimely classic. Uh, definitely check out the producer's original, 1967. And that was this edition of Past potential picks thanks for listening to the potential podcast you can follow us on instagram and facebook at the potential podcast or on twitter at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential podcast at yahoo.com i'm your host chris dewar and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum and remember Know Know your your potential. potential.